The gospel reading for this morning comes from John's gospel, beginning in the 11th chapter of the first verse. And John wrote these things. A man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. This was the same Mary who massaged the Lord's feet with aromatic oils and then wiped them with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Master, the one you love so very much is sick. When Jesus got the message, he said, This sickness is not fatal. It will become an occasion to show God's glory by glorifying God's Son. And Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, but oddly when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed on where he was for two more days. And after the two days, he said to his disciples, Let's go back to Judea. They said, Rabbi, you can't do that. The Jews are out to kill you, and you're going back? And Jesus replied, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in daylight doesn't stumble, because there's plenty of light from the sun. Walking at night, he might very well stumble, because he can't see where he's going. He said these things, and then announced, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going to wake him up. The disciples said, Master, if he's gone to sleep, he'll get a good rest and wake up feeling fine. Jesus was talking about death, while his disciples thought he was talking about taking a nap. Then Jesus became explicit. Lazarus died, and I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. You're about to be given new grounds for believing, now let's go to it. And that's when Thomas, the one called the twin, said to his companions, Come along, we might as well die with him. And when Jesus finally got there, he found Lazarus already four days dead. And Bethany was near Jerusalem, only a couple of miles away, and many of the Jews were visiting Mary and Martha, sympathizing with them over their brother. And Martha heard Jesus was coming and went out to meet him, and Mary remained in the house. Martha said, Master, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask God, he will give you. Said, well, your brother will be raised up. And Martha replied, I know that he will be raised up in the resurrection at the end of time. You don't have to wait for the end. I am right now. Resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Do you believe this? Yes, Master, all along I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who's come into the after saying this, she went to her sister Mary and whispered in her ear, The teacher is here, and he's asking for you. The moment she heard that, she jumped up and ran out to him. Jesus had not yet entered the town, but was still at the place where, Mary, where Martha had met him. And when her sympathizing Jew, Jewish friends saw Mary run off, they followed her, thinking she was on her way to the tomb to weep there. Mary came to where Jesus was waiting and fell at his feet, saying, Master, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her sobbing, and the Jews with her sobbing, a deep anger welled up within him. He said, Where did you put him? Master, come and see, they said. And now Jesus wept. The Jews said, Look how deeply he loved him. Others among them said, Well, if he loved him so much, why didn't he do something to keep him from dying? After all, he opened the eyes of a blind man. Then Jesus, the anger again welling up within him, arrived at the tomb. 
It was a simple cave in the hillside, and a slab of stone laid against it, and Jesus said, Remove the stone. The sister of the dead man, Martha, said, Master, by this time there's a stench. He's been dead four days. Jesus looked her in the eye. Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And then to the others, Go ahead, take away the stone. They removed the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and prayed, Father, I'm grateful that you have listened to me. I know you always do listen, but on account of this crowd standing here, I've spoken so that they might believe that you sent me. Then he shouted, Lazarus, come out. And he came out, a cadaver, wrapped from head to toe with a kerchief over his face. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him loose. That was a turnaround for many of the Jews who were with Mary. They saw what Jesus did and believed in him. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Prayer, please. The Lord help us this day to focus on doors and windows and opportunities and thresholds. Let us cross and cross and cross, even when we are afraid, even when we don't know where we are going, even when there may be risk to us or those whom we love. Come with us. Show us the ways to love what often we are afraid to love. Show us the ways to enjoy what often we are afraid to enjoy. And grant us the eyes to see the openings you provide at every turn. Gateways from now time to your time. From here to there. Open our ears, our hearts, our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. Four friends were discussing death one day, and one of them asked the other three, what would you like people to say about you at your funeral? And the first of the friends thought for a minute, he said, well, you know, I would like them to say that he was a great humanitarian who cared about his community. The second said, I think I would like them to say he was a great husband and father who was an example for many to follow. The third friend said, I would like them to say, look, he's moving. <laughs> you know, we talk about death today, and it's a subject we really don't like to talk about. But the idea of death just takes the song off of our lips and leaves in its place still tongues and tear-stained cheeks. We know that it's true. Not only because we've experienced it, but also because we see it happening in the Gospel reading today. There wasn't any singing at the funeral Jesus attended in Bethany, only mourning and weeping. Only wailing and crying, but nobody was singing. The home of Mary and Martha seems like more of a prison than a home. Another prisoner of sickness had been visited by death, another had been taken from them. Lazarus was dead. And although both Mary and 
Martha confess a conviction that had Jesus been there at Lazarus' sickbed, he would not have died. Both sisters had by now resigned themselves to Lazarus' death. They had given themselves over to grief. They had abandoned all hope. They were prepared for tears. They were prepared for separation from their brother. They were prepared for the finality of death. But they were not prepared for what Jesus was bringing to them. They were not prepared for a miracle. They were not prepared for hope. They were not prepared for resurrection. They were not prepared for new life. There once was a Japanese man who spent 28 years in prison. Not a prison of walls, but a prison of fear. When the tide in World War II began to turn, he was a Japanese soldier on the island of Guam. And fearing that defeat meant capture and death at the hands of American forces, he ran into the jungle and hid in a cave. <coughs> and he later learned that the war was over by reading one of the thousands of leaflets that were dropped in the jungle by American planes. But he still feared becoming a prisoner, so he remained in his cave. For over a quarter of a century, he came out only at night. He existed on frogs, rats, roaches, and mangoes. And a few years back now, some hunters discovered him. And it was only after they sent to Japan for his aged commander to come and talk to him that they were able to convince him that it was safe to come out and return home. 28 years of living in a cave because he was afraid. 28 years lost because of fear. What a shame. How could a person be so foolish? How could a person be imprisoned by fear? A life wasted because he was afraid to come out. A life lost. And it is all too common, my friends. The fear of death has filled thousands of prisons. You can't see the walls. You can't see the warden. You can't even see the locks. But you can see the prisoners. You can see them every day around us as they shuffle their way through life all around us. Hoarding all they can get for themselves. Grabbing more and more. Looking for meaning in things that are dead. People imprisoned by fear and hiding from life, each under the same sentence, each under the same fate. You see, death is like a ball and chain that's tied to our leg. We drag it with us everywhere. We try to run from it, but we can't. Its weight is way too heavy. It slows us down. We can try to ignore it, but it always drags us down. It may be sudden sickness or the death of a loved one. It may be the doctor's diagnosis or the CAT scan's result. Whatever it is, it reminds us that we are all under the same sentence of death. And Mary and Martha, they faced death that day. 
Their brother Lazarus had been seriously ill. They were two of Jesus' closest friends. So they sent for him. They had witnessed his healing power. They felt that their brother would be in no danger if Jesus were near. So they called for him. We can appreciate those feelings, right? Who hasn't thought, if only God would help? But Jesus didn't come in time. In fact, by the time he got here, Lazarus had been four days dead. And Martha must have wondered why. So when she heard that Jesus was approaching town, she kind of stormed out, I think, to meet him. Lord, if you'd only been here, if you'd only come sooner, my brother would not have died. There's hurt in those words, hurt and disappointment. The one person who could have made a difference didn't. And Martha kind of wants to know why. And really, so do we. Maybe we've done what Martha did, called on the Lord, sought out healing, asked God for help, looked for Jesus to come, and surely he'll come. Surely he'll help. Didn't he heal the paralytic? Didn't he cure the leper? Didn't he give sight to the blind and help the lame? And they hardly knew him. Surely he'll come for us. He will help. But he didn't come. He didn't help. Lazarus just got worse and worse and worse. And finally it was done. And Lazarus died. And four days later, here comes Jesus on many levels. Martha is hurt. And we know how she felt. For her words are our words. They've been echoed in the middle of in the minds of countless people as they make their way to the graves. If only you'd been here, if only you'd helped, my loved one would have gotten well. If you were doing your part, God, none of this would have happened. And we wouldn't be hurting like this. I think like today's story of Mary and Martha. That grave uncovers our view of God. You see, death forces us to look deep within, and when death comes, we're forced to examine our view of God, and we're forced to examine our faith. And we are indeed asking, where is God? And yet, why do we think that when a person is not healed, that God is not near? Why do we interpret the presence of death with the absence of God? Because I really believe that's how we think. And as a result, when God doesn't answer our prayers for healing, we think God is not here. As a result, when we experience death and hurt and sadness, we think that God just doesn't care. And that just isn't true. It's not true. Listen to Jesus as he replies to Martha. Your brother will be raised up, and she thinks that he's talking about the resurrection on the last day. So Jesus has to make things a bit clearer for her. No, you see, I am right now resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Death has never stood in the way of God. God is present, even in the presence of death. And standing there in front of the grave of Lazarus, Jesus wept. 
And I really believe he shed tears of sadness for the pain of Mary and Martha. And he weeps for every family that has ever stood at the grave of a loved one. But I really think he also sheds tears of frustration that we can't see beyond the grave, that we don't hear his words of comfort and peace, that we actually think that death has the final word. Lazarus come out. It took only one call. It took only one word. And Lazarus heard his name. His eyes opened, life returned, and rising from the grave, he came out alive and well. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. For death cannot win where Jesus is present. God has the last word. Where Jesus is, there is life. Where Jesus is present, we are set free. Where Jesus is present, there is no need to fear. Death has no power over us. Through faith in Christ Jesus, we are set free. There are those who will really see and confidently say at our funerals, Look, he's still moving. To God be the glory. Amen.